Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've learned from my struggles with chemo brain and executive functioning disorder. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now entrepreneur, with 20 years of experience in business and office design. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, mom of a teen, a wife, and a lifelong learner. I've discovered that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget important appointments, we can learn to be more productive. We can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and much more manageable. Listen in and learn how to create a plan to streamline your space and your systems so you can be more focused and organized. Hey everyone, Catherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Today, my amazing guest is April Gregory. She's a brand and marketing operations strategist, the founder of Wonder Woman Marketing. She's a certified digital marketing professional and a certified high-impact coach. She was named Adweek's most influential attendee, and she loves God, energy, medicine, and family. I want to just do quickly what her why is, because it's super-powered, like April is. We exist to bring power and harmony to your marketing operations. Power equals the ability to create favorable influence for your brand and purchasing decisions to increase your revenue. Harmony equals congruency of all marketing parts with one another and with the whole. Function, people, systems. Please welcome April. Yay! You're here. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Do you remember how many years it's been since we met through Sam and the Success? Is it 10 yet? Is it? It could be. We could be approaching the 10-year mark, right? <laughs> so fun. I love meeting you through Saver. We have the best little mastermind group. And you know, I'm still kind of sort of in touch with everybody from that group, Marla and Jennifer from the original group and Aaron. Yeah, yeah. I again, that was awesome. Such great ladies. Yeah. So listen, great. you and I have the Wonder Woman thing in common. You know, secretly, and I don't have it on right now, but I usually wear the Wonder Woman bracelet. (laughs) So, you know, I've known you since pre-Wonder Woman marketing. Mm -hmm. What made you, and P.S. not surprised at all that you changed the name to this, (laughs) what inspired you to change your brand name? Because I think as someone who's in the marketing space, especially digital marketing, you really know what it means to make a major brand shift. So was there like a defining moment or a slow burn? Uh, it was kind of a hybrid of the two, right? A hybrid of uh, defining and, and slow burn. Actually, what happened was I got to a point where my corporate name is AG Marketing and Consulting Group. And so at one time, that really worked. It just reached a point where somebody would ask me what was my company name, and I almost didn't want to tell them. Like, I was embarrassed, and I don't know why. It didn't mean anything. After a while, saying that didn't mean anything. So um, long story short, I went out to Ted McGrath's event in LA. And in my mind, I'm thinking about people are going to be asking me my company name, and I got to tell them my name, and I I don't like my name. And so as synchronistic as this was, somebody gave me a book, A Mess of Spiritual Gals, down there, of course. I, of course, I run into some spirit, some highly spiritual people. And she gave me a book called Soul Wisdom. And I started reading the book. The, the book is Soul Wisdom, the, fourth, the Power of Soul, 
And this is by Dr. Shah, S-H-A, Jigong Shah. And I started reading the book and it's a pretty thick book. So I had to really see if I wanted to read it. And I flipped through the business section and he's talking about the name of your business, right? And how there is soul wisdom. He give all this insight about the name of your business. And it, it just, you know how you read something and you know it's speaking to you? In that moment, I was just struggling with it. There's no way this woman could know that I needed to read that to confirm because I was struggling with whether I was going to change or not after putting so much work in being in business and getting the traction with my name. And so that's where it started. By the time I got home, a few things started to happen. Somebody called me Wonder Woman and then it happened again. A lot of little things started to happen and it just fell on me, Wonder Woman Marketing. And it tickled me. It felt good. It felt appropriate. And I thought I could really embody that. So that's how that change happened. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. So, you know, mine was Resonate, which nobody understood at all. And it got to the point that I got so sick and tired of describing what it meant that I was like, I'm done with this. And so I actually went out and believe it or not, productivitybydesign.com was available. But and I can't I believe it. it. Like who would not have gotten that word, that one, right? That domain name. Yeah. And what, what happened was this, I knew I was going from more office design to more productivity and I needed to reflect that. But I didn't want to leave the design element out of it completely. So when I came up with, and I did it in conjunction with a, a marketing person, when we came up with productivity by design, I was like, that's so it. It just flows. It's complete. People understand. They're like, oh, productivity by design. The biggest thing I probably have to explain is that it's just office, not residential. Although I do home offices because we worked on yours. But it's that it's more business oriented and not and not personal oriented. So when people go, oh, you're an organizer. Will you do my kitchen? Oh, no. <laughs> so I've really learned to say I'm a productivity consultant. Yeah. yeah. And then that word of the consultant gets that cachet of, oh, you work with businesses. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I work with really small businesses. And, and so that's often individuals. But the fact is, I'm working with them on their business, not yeah. on their kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Not a, it's not my thing. The idea of organizing basements and attics is just not my cup of tea. Yeah, your background completely supports business, one thousand percent. Right, I love it. It's I'm, and I don't think I've ever been happier doing what I'm doing. It's like I found my life's calling, all sort of just through life happening. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of a similar experience. So. One of the things I admire most about you is that you wrap everything in your work. You are not the person who says, here's my work life and I do marketing and coaching. And then here's my spiritual life. And I'm not going to not bring that in. You totally wrap it all together. And I think that's huge. I think people are yearning for spirituality, even if they're saying they're not in some way, especially now with COVID. Oh my gosh, you know, you really need that touch point of spirituality. So let's talk about how has your business shifted as you've been wrapping your spirituality into it. And I, I would also like to say that I think as you changed your brand, the Wonder Woman element does have a piece of that spirituality feeling to it. Wonder Woman is like a badass and she's not, uh, you know, just, just kicking people's butts and taking names. She's got like this real focus and feeling about her. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and her mission was even about love, a love for humanity. So it has that element. So it's about that warrior protection fighting. And then that love, even the energy part, because 
one of her superpowers is being able to use her go invisible. Right. I mean, that's awesome, right? So she does have these all of these elements in them, and it's nice that you brought that out. So it's great because it feels more like me. Like I'm not trying to hide who I am. This is part of who I am, right? The right. spiritual part, we're spiritual beings. Whether we acknowledge it or not, we are a spirit. We live in a body. Yeah. Um, and we have a, a spirit, a soul, right? So I like that part of me. And I'm like, you said that you love people that go ahead and put themselves out there. But that wasn't always me, right? So, right. yeah, when you're not fully living out who you are, you feel that. You feel like you're holding yourself back. And I'm not talking about like just putting everything about you out in the world because some things need to be reserved for you and your family. And But I'm saying I knew I was holding back and I wanted to share this part with people. And so the name just helped me open that up and peel back the layers. So it wasn't one big, you know, wham, bam, here I am. It feels like that, but it was it was layer by layer where I pulled it back and business owners really do like it. They appreciate me having insights for them right. as it relates to their marketing and their business because I bring that part to that to the call or to the relationship with purpose. And they like that. Right. So you have you the brand. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? You, the brand was developed over just, it it was born for me, like really for me finding my way and bringing like, what is this and how do I bring me as a brand to the world of work? And then I developed a process and started putting people through that same process and started to see, I was getting a good result from working with women, men, young, old people transitioning out of corporate into Like, how do I take all of this experience and create a business out of it? So um, Seth Godin's, I like his definition of personal branding. He said, personal branding is a set of expectations, memories, stories, relationships that when taken together, account for whether or not a person is going to do business with you or not. So it's not this one thing. So we're, we're looking for the experiences, right? The expectations, the memories, the stories that you've already created. And how do we bring that together? That's what you, the brand is all about. How do we bring you the brand and then find your people? Because once you, I think once you really accept and know who you are, the essence of who you are, what you bring to the table, and then you start to see the value of all of that, because I serve as a mirror to just show you what interpret you. It's so mind-blowing. One person said she felt like she had been reborn. It was like a, a birthing experience for her. <laughs> yeah, so you, that's what you, the brand, is. And then the work after that is is really about how do we now position that for the right audiences, for the right people? How do you satisfy a market need based on who you are? So that's really what that's all about. Got it. You know, the times we're in as we're recording this are tricky times. Um, not only do we have COVID and murder bees. <laughs> oh, my God. We, we also are seeing an, a long overdue, in my opinion, opportunity for people to really have open discussions about mm-hmm. race and to change the narrative around it. And I, I am making this into branding. Just everyone kind of bear with me because I'm going to be first very honest. I'm a white woman who is steeped in white privilege. And I was on something on Facebook and someone said, oh, it's white ignorance. And I wanted to jump through Facebook and like tell this white 
expert on race. No, it's not. The minute you say it's white ignorance, you just let everybody off the hook. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I say it's white privilege. I understand the ignorance part. Listen, like three, four, five years ago, oh yeah, totally ignorant. I didn't have a clue. And I'm still ignorant of many things. But now I am sitting here for probably about three years, fully immersed in knowing that I have white privilege. The way it really came to me was when someone started talking about getting mortgages. And mm. somebody to go back and hear the whole history on how hard it was for people of color. They were, there was redlining. Redlining like would knock my socks off. I was like, that's horrifying. Yeah. Like, I don't know why it was that that triggered everything for me to say, God, we're still being crappy to people. Like, what? So I'd always really struggled with all this. And I, I read this piece of writing. I was going to call it a poem, but I'm not sure it is. And I think this is so where I'm at right now. So I'm just going to take a little detour and then we're going to come back to this brand idea. Yeah. So it's like part of me wants to step back. A part of me wants to lean in. Part of me resents this disruption. A part of me wants to be the disruption. Part of me wants to protest. A part of me wants to riot. A part of me is afraid of the action. A part of me is afraid of inaction. Mm. Part of me is afraid for my family. A part of me is afraid for your family. A part of me wants to go back to normal. A part of me realizes that normal is the problem. It was like, wow. ding, 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 right? Wow. And a big part of me is afraid to add to the flood of trite bullshit and cliches on social media, right? Because I'm seeing that like crazy. So this says, perhaps the one thing we all have in common in this moment is that we are all angry and we are all afraid. The first half of this year has been defined by tragedy. What if the second half was defined by progress? And that was Jordan Harbinger. Nice. Said it. So what I take out of this is I don't want to be that white woman coach, business coach who reports, oh, I know everything more than others. But like, this to me is the time where I shut up, I listen, and I learn. So I would love to learn from you if you're comfortable. How can I, as a woman of white privilege, be capital B, capital E, in my personal brand to add my voice to the movement of progress while one, not being insensitive, which, you know, you and I were talking privately and I said, I call it stupid, but that's not a good word to use. So not being insensitive and two, actually being helpful. I hope I haven't put you too much on the spot. No, no, it's really a good question. And I love that you shared that. It's, it was so insightful. It's definitely a thinking piece because there's a duality, right? That is happening with all of us. Even for me as a black woman, there's this duality, you know, I'm feeling nervous, afraid, I, I'm concerned. So what I think, just to answer your question, I think that what you're doing is good. I think acknowledging where I am, which is what you're doing. This is where I am. And this is how I'm feeling, right? And then here's my action. So here's what I'm doing about it. And it might not be, because what you're saying is, I'm acknowledging that I do have this white privilege and I'm just learning all of this stuff. And now here's how I'm processing it. I think when you just open up the conversations for people to know where you are, it is helpful for your brand. Right, because you don't want to be tone deaf in your brand. All of this is going on in the world around right. us. And then you say nothing about it. So that's where you don't want to be. You don't want to be in a place where you're you're having to feel this and you don't say anything about it. And just the fact that you do feel this and you're able to express this, I think just sharing it from that point of view and trying to tie it in. Because at the end of the day, we're all human. 
and you serve women of color, you work with whoever you vibe with, whoever needs your help. Right. And so, you know, staying away from the things like I don't see color or I don't see the difference. Acknowledge, I see the difference. Right. And listen, I know something has to be done, but I don't know what that is. Here's what I'm doing. Here's right. how I'm treating it in my business. Um, some basic things like having women of color in your marketing materials is one thing. Another person and I, we were in a group together we were doing a presentation. And in my, in my presentation, I had a bunch of women of color. Of course, I serve white women too. doesn't right. matter. So I had white women in the presentation and she noticed that she didn't have any and any women of color or mm -hmm. other nationality except for white people and hers. And she said, oh, my God, this whole issue is showing me that I don't I don't have any women of color and I didn't think anything up. Right. Right. And so you know, it's interesting you say that because one of the things I noticed when this all started to happen was I went and looked at my podcast and I said, how many people of color have I had on my podcast? Now I've done, this is episode 56, I think, including you, four. And that's not right. And that's changing, well, immediately, today. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I started reaching out to people and saying, I want you to come on, whether they are Asian or Indian or Black, African-American, you can choose which word you prefer to use because many of my friends who are Black are from the islands. They don't. Yeah, they don't. They're, they're not they don't Black. They're African-American. Yeah. They just don't. Yeah. So that's been something that I was like, wow, this is a place I can make an impact immediately. I can bring on people. And frankly, we don't even have to talk about it. Just bring them on. Yeah. Yeah. And it is the elephant in the room. I do appreciate you bringing it up because it is an issue, right? It is what we're addressing together as a cult, as a society, as a culture, and we're doing our parts. And so, so I like that you're saying that. I like that you're doing that. I like that you noticed that. And I like that you had a reaction to that. So I think in your personal branding, when you share your humanity, it connects you with people more deeply. And even mm. for the people, the white people in your community, they may be afraid to do it, but they like that you're doing it. They 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 want to be connected with your brand because you are doing it. Or now the women of color feels like, okay, she's a white woman, but I see her humanity. She's open. And so I'm not, I can only speak for myself. I'm not looking for your privilege, right? I'm looking for your humanity. And so if you feel with me, if you share with me that you, you understand or, oh my, I see this because some people really are blinded. They cannot see beyond themselves. They right. can't see beyond the actions that they've taken. They stand by them right. and they'll fight for those things that they've done wrong and they're wrong is to left shoes, but you can't convince them otherwise. Right. You're not talking to them, right? Because they can't hear you. Right. You're speaking to people that are struggling. They have a conflict too. And here's my conflict. And so you want to bring that to your brand and even just saying openly acknowledging out loud to people, hey, you know what? I'm diversifying my podcast or my messaging or whatever. I think that's important right now for me. I do too. I think it's really, I'm actually happy for these times. I think this is something that we've just think I know we've all yes. just swept it under the rug yes. and I look at like I was so proud I raised my daughter she's colorblind she doesn't see color blah, blah, blah. I'm like oh no and you know what she's got light years on me April she's amazing she's just 
so clued in. She has these, she's 15, strong opinions about how things should be. You know, she started talking. I was so dang funny. I had a very dear friend over who was very, very, very conservative. And they started into talking about politics. And I said, oh, boy, it's not me. <laughs> my daughter is really liberal. <laughs> it's like, this is going to be ugly and they're going to be fireworks. And I was so proud of both of them because they did it so well. And then last night, uh, two dear friends were here and are gay. And she's just like, did you see this thing? This world is so messed up. This is LBT, you know, gay rights and this and that. And I was like, yeah, she's very empathetic. She's very sensitive. She's definitely like empath. Okay. And she doesn't tolerate bullshit. Excuse the expression. She just does not. So, you know, I'll say something and she'll say, but that's not even a big deal, mom. You're so not hip. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, but you know, when I was growing up, certain words, and you know what word I'm talking about, were not said. You did not say those words. And it's, it's a whole different culture. And she's in a school now. Now, her former school was very few people of color, which was one of the things I, it was probably the only thing I didn't like about the school. I loved everything else. It was a great school. She chose to go to Notre Dame, mm-hmm. uh, which is a Catholic high school. And I would say half the people there are not white. Mm. And I love it because she's being exposed to what the world really is. Because the fact is, the reason white people are freaking out right now, let's be real. They don't know this is why they're freaking out, but this is why they're freaking out. Because they're going to be in the minority. Mm. And they're not going down without a fight. And that's crap because the fact is, is that we are becoming this beautiful, we are anyway, a rainbow of folks in the world. But now... People are intermarrying and, and everything's becoming a beautiful blend of a new world and a new normal. And, and, and we need to embrace that. How exciting is that? It is exciting. It is. The walls definitely need to be torn down. And that's exactly what's happening. So I definitely agree with you when you said, you know what? There's something beautiful that will emerge out of this. This is the hard stuff, right? This is mm. the hard stuff and that we all have to face, whichever side we're on. But we're all kind of on the same side. But it doesn't right. seem that way. And this is the hard stuff. And what we have to work through it. And I, and I agree. I think that at the end of it, and we're we're already starting to see this because some people are already experimenting with the, a blended way of integrated way of living. Right. Um, black people fought for integration, so right. the idea of going back to this separate this is my stuff over here, this is my company, I only serve whites, and this is my company, and we're doing this for black people. No, I mean I'm not sure that 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 can't work because we fought and died for an integrated living because we need each other. Right. As a people, as humanity, we need each other. And so that's that's where I stand with that. And so I I applaud you you for raising a beautiful young lady mm-hmm. um, who gets it. And, and, and better than her mother gets it. She's yeah she's light years ahead of me. Just naturally like she just breathes yeah. all this. And I I give her all the credit in the world. It's so cool to watch her. Well, it speaks to how the environment she was reared in, right? Some extent, but I mean, I think a lot of it's her. I I didn't tolerate any negative talk about people. That just is what's why I didn't even tolerate the word stupid. So you can tell how hardcore I am about this stuff. But I wasn't clued in the way she is. Like I watched 13th the other day Mm -hmm. about the 13th Amendment. 
And, you know, we look back at the history and it's so interesting to me because I don't, very few people know this, but when I was in college, I studied um, English Lit and, and American History. And you have to take like a 300 level course where you write a 25 page paper on a topic. And I wrote about the historical validity of the slave novel. Mm-hmm. And I went through and read about a hundred something slave novels. So I have a ton of knowledge about the South and slavery, mm-hmm. but that's knowledge that's what, 150 years old. But I don't have knowledge about sort of, let's say, 1920 to now like where I've really studied it. So watching 13th was such an eye-opener. And I always kind of guessed that probably there was a way more Black people in prison than white people. But I never realized how it was like interwoven into the culture. Like this was how we were going to, in essence, re-imprison people, which is no different than slavery. Yeah. But now we're going to use the prison system to do it. And I was just sitting there, like, my jaw to the floor going. Yeah, that's basically what they've done, and it's still very active right now. Oh, goodness gracious, yes. <laughs> yeah, so we're brought to a place where we have to change. Energetically, it just, there is an imbalance, and people are crying out in so many ways. And there's always been white people on the right side of this. Right who battled with just a human part of it. Otherwise, we wouldn't even be at this point. So so it's a hard place. It's a good place. It's a scary place. But I think we could do it. I know we can get beyond it. We have to for future generations to be successful, right? What I'm hearing you say is we have hope. We have hope. And we go right back to that whole faith thing again. (laughs) It does. It makes you hopeful because that's what we... I just want some hope that... I get to leave my son in a in a beautiful world and my future family with kids, kids and all right. of that. And it is scary out here. And he's dating a white girl, right? So then you have that. I'm nervous for them. Right. But and they, I can understand that. I mean, some of the things I've read where a gentleman who wrote a story, he only walks his neighborhood with his daughters. Because when he's with his daughters, people see a father. And when he's not with his daughters, they see a man who's going to rob their street. Like, I just see a man walking. But I'm not saying that to say I'm being colorblind. I'm just saying if I was in a neighborhood and I saw a man wearing running shorts and sneakers and, and out for his job, I wouldn't see someone as, you know, stealing the joint. That's just not what would be in my personal frame of reference. I will say... And this doesn't matter what the person's color is. If I see someone, you know, with a hoodie way down and they're, you know, looking like they're not supposed to be doing something, meaning there's like, say, 10 kids and they're rummaging through the racks at a, at a uh, mall. It, to me, that makes me like, oh, hmm, that's a big group of kids doing some stuff. Are they going to be getting in any trouble here? And again, truly, I would feel the same whether it was white kids or Spanish kids or our black kids, any kids, because right. I like, it's just that's a big group of kids. Sometimes yeah, that's it, trouble. It, it, just <laughs> you think these kids that are doing this, right? It's, it's kids and they do things and it doesn't matter if they're white or black or brown or whatever. Right. Kids do things. And so you see people, but the stereotyping is definite and it's not among it's everyone. Cute. But it is horrible and we've had to face it. And so I think I like that it's being brought to light. 
for many more people because there there's been times where people just don't believe that this exists, that this happens. And matter of fact, I had a situation on Saturday really quickly. So I go into a bakery. I go into a bakery. Now on the sign, it says only three people are allowed in the store at once. I look in there and I say, oh my God, it's like seven people in there, right? So I wait. I let two people come out. Those two people came out. I thought maybe they're letting more people in. I walk in and the lady says, she says to me, oh, you know, our limit is we can only have three people in at one time. So I looked around and I said, okay, the two people just left, but you're right. Let me step back out. So I stepped out. Two more people came out. So I go in then and there was a white lady standing next to me and she said, you know what? Excuse me. She said to the lady behind the counter, excuse me. When she came in, pointing to me, when she came in, you told her that you, it was only three allowed, but those two other girls, when they, women, when they came in, you didn't say anything to them and they didn't have a mask on them. Like, so I didn't have to fight the battle. The lady next to me noticed and said, I noticed they came in, you didn't tell them to step back out and you served them without a mask and it finally says no mask. And she was the lady behind the counter was like, Oh, I'm so you know, I, I just came out front. I'm I'm so sorry. And I said, actually what she's saying to you is you're being selective. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not being selective, I'm not being selective. And and the lady said, Yes, you are. So I let the white lady next to yep. me handle her because she noticed that you are being selective. We've all been coming in and out of the store. And as soon as the black lady comes in, now you're saying Oh, you got to go back out. And so I was very happy that the woman spoke up. Right. I didn't want to make it a big deal because when the lady wanted to help me, I said, hey, she kept apologizing. I said, hey, I just want my cupcakes. I just want my, my crumb cake. Can I, can I have, because, uh, you know, I was going to this birthday party. And so I had, I was charged with getting the cupcakes and I just wanted to get the cupcakes and be on my way. Right. But that happened. And I... I didn't have to fight for it. So this conversation, this global conversation is bringing to light, making others aware that, no, you didn't say this to these other people. And I know Mm -hmm. I kind of have a feeling why. And so it's just calling people out for things like that. And I was grateful for that. Oh, yeah, of course. About 20 years ago, I was with two friends who are extremely conservative and we were waiting to eat brunch at a dim sum. At, an, at a Chinese restaurant in New York City. I was trying to remember the details because this is 20 plus years ago. And we waited and waited and waited. And we watched while various Asian families got seated. And we were there probably an hour waiting. Wow. And my girlfriend, who today is much better about these things than she was back then. But back then, she had very strong opinions about the world and how it was divided. And she looked at me and she said, have you noticed all these Asian families are going in ahead of us? What's that about? And I said, I think this is a chance for us to learn something about discrimination. We're now on the receiving end of it. And she says, it doesn't feel good. I said, nope, it doesn't. And I didn't have to say anything else, but it was so cool to be able to be like, hmm, can you connect the dots on that? And I, I would, you know, still to this day, would never say anything. And I would never throw this person on the bus, dear, dear friend. But it was fascinating to be, as white people steeped in our white privilege, right? To be on the receiving end of discrimination. Not yeah. me, right? Just in a, you're kind of a little less important than we are here at this restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an eye opener. It was good for me. 
Yeah. And once you experience that more and more, like imagine people of color having to experience that on a regular basis. like Wait, so Probably daily? Daily. And we're used to it. Where we kind of brace for it. So we kind of know what to do about it. So it's one of those things. But like I said, I think this whole thing is a, a conversation that needs to be had. And it's being had. And people are taking action. And we live through it. Yeah. And it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a much better world. I really have a lot of hope for things going forward. Not yeah. sure my teens there yet. She's still a little uh, negative about the world we're leaving her. But I think this time is going to shift that. And it's going to be a much, we're all going to be happier and better for it. And maybe freaking even things out a little bit here, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's just so many layers to it. So much work to be done. And I think progress was made even up until now, except there are other things that just did not equal out or balance out and equality. That's a word, but I think that we're headed in the right direction overall. I know that we are, even with all the pain and all of the chaos and the loss of lives and we're stumbling through it. And I think it's necessary. And I think we're going to be fine. I agree. I agree. So how can people find you? Is there something wonderful you want to offer folks that you're doing right now that they just have to be a part of? So the branding work is always a necessity, right? I think it's necessary, especially in the digital world. So what I'm doing now is I'm really focusing on small businesses who are scaling and building teams, right? Because then when you bring a bunch of people into your brand, that changes the dynamic of how you work. Um, so that's a big focus. But brand me, they can reach me at brand me at wonderwomanmarketing.com. Okay. And the branding work is an absolute necessity for them to know where they belong and serve the right people with the right message. And there's some things you just can't do yourself. And I know people, people try. The other thing I want to say to that is I think if I wanted to give them something to do right now, it would be to look at their work, their main work. What are your, create a topic wheel for your brand. So you need a topic wheel because it adds layers to your brand, to you, because I'm not just about branding and marketing. I love energy medicine. I love mindset work. That comes into the work that I'm doing with a company or people, right? So you want to put a topic wheel around your core messaging so that it adds those other dimensions to your brand. And that's what really starts to separate you. And you're saying, I'm a, you, Francis, an organizer, but you're not just an organizer. It's very niche to business owners, professionals, consultants, and people that need to work in a certain environment to get the most out of themselves for their bottom line. So, right. yeah. All right. So you gave an email and is, are you wonderwomanmarketing.com? Yeah, I am at wonderwomanmarketing.com. That's where you can find me. Okay. Super. Well, I am so grateful you came on. You really are a Wonder Woman. I gotta Thank say, I've known you a while now. <laughs> awesome. We've known I think you're before. hiding that cape somewhere in a closet there. <laughs> I should have brought it down with me. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much for being on. I appreciate you. you. Nice chatting. Take well. care. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, 
please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.